The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. On Wednesday, the Chiefs returned to the practice field. We heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, guard Trey Smith, and kicker Harrison Butker. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Trey Smith and Harrison Butker. Here's Andy Reid. Guys won't practice today. Mike Dana won't practice. Although he's doing better, we're just going to hold him hold him out. Um, and then Tooney fits in that same category with the ankle sprain. So he won't practice today. We're just... Monitoring those two guys, and then Fenton um, won't practice with the hamstring. Um, McDuffie will practice, um, and we'll just see how he does as we go. And we look forward to the challenge of playing the 49ers, a good football team, very talented and uh, very well coached. So um, with that, time's yours here. Coach, I asked you a couple weeks ago about uh, Blake Bell and Lucas Nane's status. As you approach the buyer, are these two candidates uh, that you're looking maybe after the buy after them to come back? Most likely, it'd be after the buy, but somewhere after the buy. But they're they are getting better. Um, you know, we just have to see see how it goes. Yeah. Will be uh, Brian Cook back to practice today? Yes. Okay. Um, Willie Gay, what are your expectations for him this week? Do you expect him to be up on uh, Sunday? Mm. I'm gonna uh, see how things go uh, here this week. Um, well, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll just see how it goes. See where he's at. You're right. I'm sorry, Andy. Is, right. is, is Cook out of the concussion protocol, or is he still in it? Yeah, I think this this is the part. He has to go through a practice, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rick's on. Got all that. Andy, when you play San Francisco, obviously, for at least for us, I know the last time you faced these guys. The roster's turned over. I understand you still got Patrick and, and Travis, but the roster's turned over quite a bit over the last three years. Do you develop an appreciation for still being where you guys are, competing for what you're competing for, despite that turnover in three years? Yeah, uh, listen, I always give credit to Brett on that stuff. Um, he, he deals with it, um, and his guys deal with it. They And you guys have got to know Brett now, so you know the energy level and the amount of time that he puts into this thing and bringing us good players to coach. And... Um, so we appreciate that. It gives us an opportunity. Now we've got to coach guys up, and guys have to play. And you know we're early in the season, and we, you know, we got to we got to keep growing together. But uh, we appreciate the talent that, that we've been given. Yeah, for can you, sure. Can you speak to just the, the difference 
difficulty of maintaining that once once you win something? I'm not really sure. I know Patrick helps a lot, but there's teams out there with good quarterbacks that, that don't compete. Every yeah, game. yeah. Um, there, there's a good there's a good nucleus, I guess, uh, of a couple guys if that's considered a nucleus um, that that are that have been here and kind of get it, and they they have a voice in the locker room. <clears throat> and then there's some veteran players that we brought in that go, yeah, you know what, that, that's that's the way it needs to be, you know. So they they buy they bought in, and again I appreciate that part because that's not always that way. Um, but we've been blessed to have some some good guys here that that understand the hard work and all those things pay off for you down the road. Andy, you're going up against Nico Ryan's, uh, you know, 49ers this coordinator. He played on you for a year, I believe. Yeah. Just, uh, what were your impressions of him as a player and now as him as a coach? A phenomenal person and uh, ab absolutely brilliant as a player, uh, just understanding the game. And you're seeing that now as a coach. So I'm, I'm very happy for him. He's, he's one of those guys you pull for, unless you're playing him, but um, you, you pull for him. Coach, I think it was after the Raider game, Pat said that there were some things, you know, they were doing different things, and you reached back for something from a couple of games, <coughs> right? And everybody was able to digest it. How often, you know, do you find that you know, that that happens? And how how important is it to have you know the guys that can you know have that memory bank and sure. go back and yeah, yeah. So uh, probably come back to Sam's question. The, the the with the record that we have. Um, we seem to get different looks of maybe what the team has shown traditionally. And so we've seen that for the last couple of years now. And you've got to, you have to be able to be a little flexible and on your feet there to, to maneuver around it. So, um, and again, we're lucky that we have guys that can retain. We have a quarterback that gets it. And, um, and so we're, we're able to pull a couple things here and there if needed. Um, and our coaches have good retention there to, to help. How, how far back can you go? I mean, you ever... nor normally what you do is it, it's things that maybe you've worked on in camp, but then you, you, you've put on the back burner. Or you, 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 know, you might use three or four weeks down the season. Um, you know, potentially there's something that you, you had the year before you might sneak out, you know, uh, but normally it's from that, that whole grouping of plays that you put in and camp, it's like a reservoir. And you kind of draw from that as you go through the year. Well, you might have to draw a little sooner than you, you might think. So um, you can pull those out. So it isn't 10 years ago. It, you know, it might be the year before or potentially training camp. To that, point, to that point, Andy, um, you guys have been doing this enough to where, to your point, seeing more single man coverage, how much can that be beneficial versus doing it in training camp or maybe seeing it in spots versus a team being more deliberate against you in man coverage this early in the season? Yeah, the, I mean, the thing we've seen is a mix, a uh, huge mix. So, um, uh, and that's kind of the flavor of the league right now, I think. Um, and then they'll pick a little bit more of something percentage-wise to play against you. So man has been something that we've seen. We were lucky that we saw it in training camp um, with our own defense. And so we've worked the routes, most of the routes against it. Um, then it's just a matter of trying to defeat the guy that's covering you. 
um, and uh, but it's not it's not a shot right now. Most of the coverages that we're getting, we we've, we've seen because these teams are doing these things. You know, there's not there's a, it's a variety pack. Yeah. Coach, it seems like early in games you guys are being deliberate about trying to establish the run with three talented backs. How are you determining who goes in when? Is that up to Greg or is it just a combination of, of things? Yeah, so we've got trust in all of them. And um, we they've all got kind of their plays and um, and times that we try to use them. It just depends on the game. So this game might be different than the last game. But... Uh, we try to give them as close to equal opportunities as we can. I, I know Pacheco came up a little short this last game. He had 10 reps, I think it was. So. Andy, going back to Shane's question, last time you played San Francisco, um, do you have a different appreciation for Wasp now, for you down the line, and kind of the, the changing moment it was for this organization? Yeah, that, that, one, that play got a lot of publicity, I know. Um, you know, so I'm sure they're, they've worked on it, but... We don't run anymore, so it's all right. <laughs> <coughs> uh, a couple more, guys. Uh, Coach, with the, the run game, the, the physicality part of it, I mean, I know you obviously want to gain yards, and, you know, Eric comes in and talks about every play, you know, being designed to score a touchdown, but is, is it still important to the game to, to be physical, to, for lack of a better term, you know, land the body blows, maybe beat the defense up a little bit so that you've got an extra step in the fourth quarter? Yeah, no, I think you can do that in the run game and the pass game. That's a... Uh, so, um, and to think different than that as a lineman um, is, is a mistake. You know, so normally in a normal pass rush, there's an uncovered lineman. And so uh, you're just not standing there picking your nose. You're working and you're letting people know that you're around, right? And, um, and then you need to be physical in the run game likewise and finish your blocks. But... That part's still part of this game, and and uh, those guys are very important guys uh, to to set a certain tempo. Andy, when you look at the 49ers defense, what unique characteristics do they have that's kind of made them as good as they are? Yeah, that front is uh, special, and <clears throat> their linebackers are special. Um, they're back in. They when they're healthy, they they've got. Um, good play, and then they brought in some guys that, that are new that are playing fast. So I think D'Amico's done a nice job of teaching the, the basics to these guys so they can play fast, and um, and that's the thing that jumps out at you. Uh, you expect the new guys to be a little bit hesitant coming in, but they're flying around and, and making plays. So, yeah. Last two. Andy, I want you to go back and jog your memory a little bit to San Francisco State University playing under Vic Rowan and the statues out there and then, you know, being with Mike Holmgren. Just what did that time mean to you and, and how much it means as you reflect back on your time in San Francisco? Yeah, it was a great growing time. Vic Rowan was a great teacher of coaches and he had this huge library of playbooks in the office and uh, from every school. And the guy, he'd call up a coach and go, hey, can I get your, your playbook? And guys would send them their playbook. So he, it was a beautiful library. I, I, um, and so you had all this stuff that you could look at and dive into. And then he was great about teaching you, sharing with you his knowledge. So I, I appreciate it. Last two weeks, Andy, you guys have given Sky Moore a little bit more snaps in the offense. Just what have you seen in those last two games, and where do you see it maybe going next for Scott? 
Listen, I think he's going to continue to grow through through the season. I think the more he plays, the the better he's going to get, and uh, or the more familiar he'll become, faster he'll play, all those things that take place with young guys. So we're trying to, you know, we give him a little bit more every week, and he's been doing fine with it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. How you doing? Um, I think you just have to come to work. Um, we have a heck of a challenge this week against the 49ers. Uh, one of, not the best defense in the league. So as an offense, we have to know that we're going to have to take advantage of every day. Uh, we're going to have to practice great, uh, watch film great, uh, and so we can put ourselves in the best position to have some success on the field. You're facing top defenses, it seems like, every week. Uh, just how much of a challenge has it been for you guys, and what have you learned about yourself facing these top defenses? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a challenge uh, to go up against the best, and that's what you want to do. You want to prepare yourself to, to be in those situations uh, towards the end of the season and hopefully in the playoffs. Um, and so for us, uh, we just have to accept it every week to know that we're going to play uh, the best teams week in and week out uh, because of the past success that we've had. So uh, it's, it's uh, been a great challenge for us, and I think the guys have responded well. Seeing some unscouted looks, and is there a way to, to prepare for, for that type of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think over the last few years we, we've seen it where defenses have played us a little differently than they've played everybody else. But uh, you have to come up with a game plan for it. Um, I think we do a good job of, of adjusting on the fly, uh, making quick adjustments uh, throughout the game so that we can go out there and have success. There was a, there was a time in the 2019 season, Patrick, likely around the same time where you saw teams start playing more man coverage, and then mm-hmm. eventually you guys sort of figured that out. What do you remember from that time and that season that obviously helped you win the Super Bowl? And, and how might that be applicable or somewhat different with this group of receivers facing man coverage? Yeah, I think it's just uh, defenses are throwing us different pitches. I mean, they know that uh, last year it was kind of more shell um, and zone coverages, and they had some success with that. Then we kind of started beating that, and then they went back to the, the man coverages again now. And um, they're doing a good job of trying to mix and match it, where they're not going to let us get the same the same coverage every every in the same situation every time. They're going to keep changing it. And so for us, it's about having good good versatile plays, and then me uh, getting to the right the right checks and getting to the right read and the progression whenever the opportunity uh, presents itself. I mean, I've always wanted to try to, to compete for Super Bowls. Um, and then when you win one, uh, you, you want to get back because you know how, how that felt. And I, now I've known how it feels to lose, too, so I obviously want to get back. Um, but, um, I mean, even looking back on that game and that team, still a great football team. That's A lot of it, that team is still there, and they're, they're, they've stayed together, and they've gotten better and better. Um, and so I understand it's going to be a challenge because I've played against them before and know how many great players they have on that defense. Do you appreciate the, the difficulty of it in the moment when you win? Because obviously when, when you win, you've Yeah, I think I, I think I would appreciate it more now than I did uh, back when I was young. Uh, that and winning the MVP early in my career, I think I, I just kind of thought that's just what you did. You went out there, played football, coach for Coach Reed, and you win the MVP and you win Super Bowls. But uh, but uh, now I, I see with the grind and and being in there every single day and, and not succeeding and not winning the Super Bowl, um, I think if I, if I had the chance to to go out there and win another one, I think I'll appreciate it even more. And Patrick Floss was a huge play in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy just joked that you guys don't run anymore, but with teams hyper aware of it now, I mean, is it tougher to, to have that? Do you have to run variations? I guess what 
what, what, what is with that play now, I guess? Yeah, when you have a, a top offense in the league, I mean, teams are going to study you in the offseason. They're going to see what you do because they it goes around the league too. I mean, offenses steal from each other and, and run some of the same plays. And so uh, you see that defenses have accounted for that, accounted for some of the stuff that we've we've done. So how are we going to combat that? How are we going to go out there and make plays that go off of it to get other guys open? Um, and that's something that we – that's a challenge every day and we try to continue to do every week. Um, and uh, we know uh, that we're going to continue to evolve if we want to be a top offense in this league. Patrick, uh, Matt Milano impressed by you a lot, especially mm-hmm. in the second half. And, you know, uh, you see more, more of that, and is it important to get ahead of the chains to make that a little more difficult? I mean, it seems to be something like long down a distance. That's something they like to do to keep you in, in check. Yeah, and I think – I mean, most teams do. Um, they It's uh, – it's kind of like the pattern rush that uh, I mean, we even do it on our defense. And so I've seen it a lot, um, especially with mobile quarterbacks. They like to have someone there in case the pocket does kind of break down. And uh, I just have to be better at working from within the pocket. Um, and then when I do scramble, no, there's going to be a guy there. So uh, it's uh, something that I- I'm obviously uh, aware of. Um, and like you said, it's usually a third and long type pressure. Um, so I just have to make sure I can continue to-, to be even better working within the pocket to make those throws downfield. to that play or if there was sort of a pre-snap adjustment that you had to make, but how much does that stick with you knowing how much there was probably an opportunity there? Yeah, I mean, whenever you check to a play and, I mean, you get to the right play in the right time with the pressure coming and then you miss the guy, I mean, it, that definitely hurts, especially against a team like that. Um, and if that's me having to throw it higher or whatever it is to find that window to make that throw, I mean, that could have been a big point in the game. You could have scored a touchdown. Burt's um, pretty good in the open space. And so uh, just uh, trying to find ways to, to not let those uh, little plays within a game um, be missed because those are the plays that, that really um, change the outcome of the game. Especially when they rush three and they drop eight, you know, how have you been able to kind of over years just, just get better at trying to attack that? Yeah, I mean, it's something I've seen since college. So, I mean, it's a, it's a down a distance thing like we were talking about where it's third and long. They want to get guys in coverage, and um, they also want to have someone there for all my scramble plays and stuff like that. So uh, just continue to stay firm in the pocket, uh, have good pocket presence, um, and trusting the receivers and the tight ends and running backs to get open downfield. Even if it takes a, a tick longer, uh, I have to trust that the pocket's going to be firm. Very important. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that dude is a that dude's a, a monster out there. I mean, uh, he does everything well, um, but obviously extremely good at rushing the passer with uh, power, with speed. Um, so it's someone you have to account for on every single snap. The bye week looming over on the other side, but I know generally you guys will come in here and say you don't even know who's next. I, I think everybody knows when the bye week's coming this season. Do you have, you know, worry about guys being focused, or is, is make it easier to focus because you know you got a break coming up? Yeah, I mean, guys better be focused. I mean, after losing the game and then looking at turning on the film and watching this opponent we're about to play, uh, guys better be locked in because if we don't play our best football, uh, we're not going to win. So uh, guys will be locked in and ready to go. When you're talking about defenses mixing up looks against you, man, Jones, how do you feel like your recognition has, has grown over the years? 
as far as being able to pick those up and identify those clues pretty soon? Yeah, I mean, we do a great job of motioning and stuff like that. And even when defenses give me the false man zone IDs and, and stuff like that, you get a good feel about the alignment of the DBs or the how the linebackers, are, their eyes are in the backfield. I mean, there's there's little tells you can get from every defense. Um, and I think I've done a great job of that. Um, but now it's just about getting through your progression and getting to the right guy. Um, that's something that I think I could have been better than I was last week. And I, I've been better this season. But uh, as the season goes on, I want to stay on top of that. Yeah, I mean, obviously it helps when you start off fast early um, and you can kind of get that rhythm set. But when you don't, um, how can you find easy completions? How can you uh, kind of limit what you're seeing on the field and just get to the easy completion to move the chains? I think that's something that I try to really stay on top of as the game goes on. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think we've seen we, we haven't been as good in the second half, I feel like, at the end of games. And so we got to be better at getting those easy completions in those situations uh, so that we can get the chains going and get in the rhythm. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How do you get a bad taste out of your mouth as you go to prepare for you know, San Francisco? Yeah, I think the only way I know how to do it is just go right back down to work. Uh, you know, put your head down, go to work, do what the coaches tell you to, and just uh, get right back on track. Just curious, do you know what they did? Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of fable rumors about it. Uh, I saw one video. They took it all the way down to the Tennessee River. Uh, one, they were carrying it almost to the top of Neyland. Like I don't know if they're gonna throw it off or something. And then I saw one part of the state of uh, the goalpost was going down Cumberland Avenue, like the main portion of the campus. So I mean, it was a ride in Knoxville. It was awesome to see, man. Where were you? In the where did you watch the game? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, watching it from the training room of the hotel, uh, and I was watching the kick, and I, I mean, as soon as they won, I went screaming. I went crazy. I, that was awesome to see. Trey, talk a little bit about the San Francisco defense. The number one in several categories. Not sure if Bosa's going to be full speed or whatever, mm -hmm. but when you look at them, what is it that makes them so dangerous? Yeah, uh, they're well coached. That's the first thing for starters. Uh, they do a lot of different things. Um, they play very violently, physically, and they play fast. Um, when you have a group and a combined effort like that, you know it's going to lead to great things. Um, it's going to be a tremendous challenge up front. Uh, they have a lot of really good players as well. Guys like Bosa, Arik Armstead, uh, some young guys they brought in as well. But they're a very talented group. It's going to be a challenge up front. Trey, the starting line, you guys have had some, some good moments and some not so great moments this year. How, how 
how's the temperament of the room and the attitude right now going into what is trying to get back on track next to that? Yeah, I think once again, it's sort of like a hard hat mentality. Just go right back to work. Uh, you know, identify the things that we didn't do well and then, you know, correct it and be better at it. And I think the biggest thing, and I can speak for myself, is just being consistent. Consistent in my game, consistent in my approach, consistent on the field. Yeah, um, you know, in this league, every week you have to be prepared. You have to be on your P's and Q's because you know the opponent next to you, or excuse me, across from you, is going to be prepared. And from the talent standpoint, once again, you know, it's the NFL. Everyone's talented. Everyone has the ability. Uh, it's just the details that separates us. So uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, Coach Heck, Coach Matei, they do a great job prepping this offensive lineman for the challenges that we end up facing. But at the end of the day, you just got to be ready for it. How do you relate to that? Playing offense, playing in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, it's an emotional part of the game. And you're getting everybody's best shot every single week. There's going to be weeks that just, it's hard to match that mentality every single week. How do you kind of manage that when you know that you're going to get kind of punched in the mouth every week and, you know, it's hard to maintain that for 17 straight games? Yeah, I think that's just a grind of football. Uh, it's a grind of NFL. It's a grind of being a, a lineman, you know, in the league. Um, something you got to take pride in, the fact that it's a tough job. Not everyone's made for it. Not everyone can handle the stress involved with it. But ultimately, that's that's what the job entails. That's what the job calls for. So at the end of the day, we just have to be at our best at any moment we can. Okay. Thanks, Trey. Thank you, Trey. Thank you all. And go balls. <laughs> How's it going? How are you going? I'm good. Um, I wanted to make sure I was able to, to play a whole game without getting any setbacks, and I was able to do that. So I was really happy with going in the game, um, you know, kicking relatively well, and then waking up Monday still feeling feeling good and ready for a good week of practice. Dave Tobes did something while you were out that you, know, you don't want to see anyone doing your job. Matt, did a, Matt Wright did a nice job, um, but how tough was it seeing him hit the 59-yarder? And then what was it like to a week later get an opportunity to sort of get that record? Yeah, it's funny. Um, after the game, Tommy told Matt, you know, you should keep that ball that you made the 59-yard field goal with, get it painted, Chiefs record. Um, and then Matt said, funny enough to him, he said, oh, I'm not going to get that because Bucker's going to break it the, the next week. So kind of came true, um, and I was able to break that record. But it is funny. You know, a lot of guys were saying stuff to me about um, Matthew breaking the record and basically, yeah, his second game here. So um, as a kicker, you can only do um, – as best you can with the opportunities you're given, right? You know, so, oh, Matthew Wright broke the record. I can't force Tobe or Coach Reed to put me out there for a longer field goal. That's just kind of what the, the game provided provided me, and Tommy and James did a great job, and I was able to go hit it. You turned around right after the kick. Yeah. Back, so you knew. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I do that a lot of times. Um, I think the, the Chargers game in 2020, I, I may have done that. I don't know if that's something from – Soccer, you know, I was a defender, but I'd, I'd go up and make, score a header on a corner kick or something, and then you just run away to the sideline, your teammates. So maybe that kind of carried over a little bit, but that's I, I don't do that on purpose. It just kind of kind of happens. I know it's going to go through, and I just want to do something, and yeah, it just kind of happens. Which one of those three against the Chargers? All three. <laughs> uh, the last the one, last I'd one. say, yeah, last one. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've been kicking for a little bit in practice, but hadn't kicked in a game for a while. Any doubts going into a game? Uh, about your ability to make a long one like that after an injury? The concern wasn't the distance. Like I felt like I was hitting the ball far enough. It's just making sure I can repeat that every single kick. Because when you do kind of have an injury, it might just be completely mental. You're kind of thinking about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So 
the only concern, if there was one, was just the consistency of being able to, to do that for a whole game. Dave Tilt was, was mentioning to us of why you were rehabbing that it was a matter of getting the swelling down. I mean, the, he was describing it that it was, it was pretty swollen. At what point during the four weeks you were out did, did it start going down? Uh, I'd say the swelling was was pretty low going into the uh, the the Tampa week. Maybe the Tampa week swelling was down. I practiced. I think maybe going into the maybe it's Tampa or the the Monday night Raiders. It was around there. The swelling was down. It was just can I feel good kicking for a whole practice? Because um, you got to feel good for a whole practice before you can go in for for the whole game. So swelling went down then I was able to ramp up the kicking and just kind of get the technique going that's another good point you know when you haven't kicked for three four weeks and you come back and you're doing your full full routine and everything you kind of got to figure out the technique so going into this game I felt good with the technique being um, repetitive and uh, yeah I felt good but yeah I think like Tope said that swelling was just need to get that down before I can go out there and, and do my thing. was that period? All those missed times. I don't, I don't think you've missed this much time in your career, have you? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, it was my first time missing any games due to an injury. Uh, it was a good learning experience for me, and you know, I just gotta bounce back and finish this rest of the rest of the season strong. I think it was before that. I think it was before that Tampa game that you went out there and tried to practice with the, the one leg kicks. Uh, one step kicks rather, um, and I know Tope says you're probably better with one step than most kickers are with their usual step. Was there any thought at that point that hey maybe you could go but just not with your regular routine or was it very important when you came back that you could go be a full go? That was definitely a thought. Can I come back and just do the one steps? But you know I've kicked my whole career doing the two steps. That's what I felt confident going into a game where we needed to make big kicks. I wanted to go out there and do that technique that. I've been practicing, you know, my, my whole career. I think it was it was a cool thing to do in the in the Arizona game, but um, just rehabbing it, getting it back, doing the one steps. I just didn't feel I was um, where I needed to be to to play in a game as far as accuracy and consistency. Not the power, because like Arizona, I, w- I was able to make longer kicks, but just to be able to be repetitive, doing that and consistent. I just wanted to come back with my full steps. Was that the adrenaline you were working on in the Arizona game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was adrenaline pushing through and fight or flight, right? Looking at you in the locker room afterwards, I mean, you were really hobbling around. I mean, so you don't feel like you could do that um, any time they needed you on a one-step thing, if that makes any sense? If I was in a situation like I was in that Arizona game where an injury happened, obviously push through who else is going to go out there. Um, well, we do have Justin, but, <laughs> you know, I think you got to go finish the game, right? Uh, but I felt like if I was to come back week two, week three, this would just be something I'd be doing the rest of the year, one steps, no kickoffs, and I just didn't think that was the best thing for, for the team and for the, for the rest of the year. Now that you've uh, added four yards onto your personal record, what, what's next on the horizon? Just making the next kick, but I'd, I'd love to, to keep getting some longer kicking opportunities and, and hopefully break the NFL record. You were only two yards away from it previously, but 60 seems to be special for a kicker. Just how exciting is that for you to have that now on your resume? Yeah, super exciting. I mean, I was going through seeing all the other kickers that have made the 60 pluses. A lot of guys have made 62, 63. I think Matt Prater is the only one that's done 64, and then Tucker 66. Um, Brandon McManus said this a while ago, I guess in an interview, but he's, he's advocating for a, 
in the in the stats to have another column for 60 plus, right? Because those are just getting so more common. There's a big difference between a 51 yard field goal and a 61 yard field goal, right? So um, that it's a special number, and uh, the kicking game is evolving. You're seeing more and more kicks of 60 plus yards, um, which is a great thing. And I think all the the offensive coaches are really happy about it. You're pretty yeah. tight with Justin. Have you heard from him when you when you, did he hear from him after you know that 62 yarder? No, no. He, he texted me after the playoff game uh, against the Bills last year, which I, I really appreciated. But I'm, he's he's locked in on the season. When he texted me, he was probably watching on TV. Now he's he's locked in on the season. Harrison, uh, when you go to a away game now, are you looking at the field different after what happened in Arizona? Yeah, definitely. I. I'm not going to say you can't get injured on field goals, but it's a lot more difficult on field goals because you're coming in a lot more controlled kickoffs. A lot of times you're coming in more aggressive, right? So um, y'all would have seen in this this past game, um, I was only doing a five-yard approach, which is a lot more reserved. I'm not coming in with as much force, and I think that's just a, a smarter thing for me to do moving forward. You just take more risk when you come in more aggressive. I mean, a, a running back or a receiver doing more aggressive cuts. You know, it's uh, more chance for, for injury there. But a lot of times it's not necessary for me to hit the ball through the uprights on a kickoff. If it's five deep, that'll be a touchback. But it's a good learning moment. You, that's my competition as a kicker is the weather and the field, and that's what i got to master. A couple more guys. You know, we know kickers change all, all the time. How much do you feel Matt Wright deserves a starting gig in this league? Yeah, he did a great job, I thought. Um, you know the last the two games that he was here, and you know I think he did a great job with the the Jaguars, and he's developing. He's asking all the questions he can, but I've I've been impressed with him as a kicker, and I think he does a, a really nice job. Nick Harrison, when you get ready to make a kick of that distance, what are the factors that are going into it that you have to take into account to be able to connect on that? Yeah, so the longer the kick is, the longer it's going to take for the ball to get through the upright, so wind becomes more of a factor. I know um, on the network broadcast, they mentioned that the wind was in my face. Arrowheads, I don't know, it's probably like most stadiums where wherever the, the major flags are blowing on the top of the stadium, it's usually the opposite of that for the kickers inside. So at Arrowhead, it was coming in, I don't know, from the north. But then when I was on the field, it was actually going towards those uprights when I was kicking. So I knew the wind was at my back, maybe a tad right to left. Uh, tried to start it a little right and... You want to make sure it gets there, right? So I don't know if that's adrenaline or I subconsciously lower it. But I, for that kick, I didn't do anything on purpose. I, it did did come out lower with a lot of power. But I think that's just, you know, when you've been kicking for a long time, your body will just naturally take over and you'll do what you need to do to make the kick. Great. Thanks, Harrison. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.